Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander and I am joined by Michael Morandi and Dave Glenn. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. gentlemen. Perfect. No laughing. We're good to go. <laughs> this is the episode, excuse me, this is the podcast where we discuss classic or old movies and uh, talk about them in a modern cinematic context to determine if they basically hold up. You can view us on the web at reviewedpodcast.com and at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast. So, Today's episode, we are talking about The Never-Ending Story, a classic children's film from 1984. <clears throat> Excuse me, I believe. Is that correct, Dave? Back me up. Uh, 1984, yes. 1984. Um, and this is a film based on a novel, a German novel written by Michael Ende. And the basic plot is that a boy named Bastian Butts is... Bucks. Bucks? Bucks. Bucks. It's not Butts? B-Rex. No, no. no. Shows you how well I uh, watched this movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a little sleep, I'm a little sleep deprived. Um, uh, <laughs> because... Uh, yeah, I, I just had a kid, which is why this podcast is uh, late. Yay! Congratulations. So, um, yes. Um, and I'm tired. Uh, but uh, The NeverEnding Story is this film uh, about a boy named Bastian Bucks who is bullied... Mm-hmm. And uh, he finds a mystical novel, fantasy novel, a mystical kind of book, book, and kind of gets the lost in it. Book. And it's a, I don't. What what is the plot of this movie about? What is it? What would you? I, I don't know. I don't know. No. Okay. Oh well. I mean, did you watch the movie? I, I did not watch the movie, guys. I'm gonna wing it. Okay. I think I have a basic understanding I like from to talk like about movies that I haven't seen. Um, no, the story of the movie is exactly. You're you're right. The story of this kid, Bastion Box. He's about let's say ten years old. He's uh, bullied. He's a little bit of a loner. Uh, and uh, he likes to read, and he uh, ends up uh, a series of events um, puts him in a situation where he has a book in an attic, and he's reading it, and it's all about um, kind of a magical quest to save a magical land named Fantasia. And uh, there I think we go. That was point. that was much better than I could have done. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, this is an interesting film because it's a it's a classic children's uh, movie in the sense that a lot of you know kids my age or people my age now grew up watching this movie. Uh, I had the odd experience where I've seen the Never Ending Story two about a billion times. But starring I, who? Starring uh, Jonathan Brandis, uh, who has sadly taken his own peace. life. Yeah, he um, was also on a show called Sequest that I yes, used to watch. I but I used to watch Never Ending Story 2, but I don't think I've ever seen Never Ending Story 1 all the way through until the recording of this podcast. So it's kind of like going back and seeing if nostalgia works without actually having it in the first place, which is an interesting place to be. Uh, what about your experience with this film? Mike, did you grow up watching The Never Ending Story? Uh, no, I did not. I, um, I'd seen clips and pieces of it. Um Back in like uh, grade school, I think we watched a portion of it. The way my school did like movies, sometimes you would watch like forty-five minutes of a movie and then move to your next class. Like I caught, I caught like I think the first half of the amazing movie. amazing education the you got in Jersey. Yeah, New York actually, oh, New York City, yeah. um, go state of New York. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, you know, I, I had always kind of been intrigued by it. I remember some really cool imagery as a kid, so I was interested to kind of get back into it and see like what I thought of it as a movie as a whole. Um, and uh, I. I I think maybe if I had been fortunate enough to see the entire movie as a kid, I would have enjoyed it more. Now I'm going to make a lot of enemies on this podcast. No, I think no, no, this week. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think it. it um, I feel like a broken record. It's like every podcast I say, like I didn't like the storytelling or the plot or the way the way they told the story or like, the direction was weird, the pacing was weird. 
Um, I think some of the puppeteering, while it looked good, I don't think it was executed well. Um, but I will say I love the set. Um, I loved what it was trying to do. I think it was cool. Like I like the idea that um, when you read a story, you kind of become the main character. You're in this world, like you're in, you're uh, you're in another world. You're experiencing another reality. And I think that idea is really good. I just don't think it was well executed. And uh, you know, I, I found out this was a, I guess, a, a German director. It was his first uh, time making something. Well, it's you know, Wolfgang, Wolfgang Peterson, Peterson, which is yeah. crazy because he's right. gone on to direct some huge action movies. And I think he's direct, he's the guy that did Das Boot, correct? Yes. Which is like a famous World War II epic submarine movie. Is it one or it takes War- place almost complete, uh, entirely on the submarine? Is it World War One or two? I think. T- too, but it's like a very famous movie. He's also gone on to direct The Perfect Storm. Uh, yeah, yeah, better movies than A Perfect Storm. What is, what is his? What is he like? What's his big famous movie? Uh, like, what is he known for? Well, he's probably most known for Dust Boot, but he's. I think he's also known for In the Line of Fire, which is uh, a Clint Eastwood movie, which gotcha. was actually pretty good. Uh, Air Force One, the Harrison Ford movie, uh, in which right, he right. says, "Wow, get, get off. off my plane," you know. So uh, that's Wolfgang Peterson, and he he's made other movies too. But I mean, he, this is his he, first American movie, is that right? Is that the this was. Yeah, I think this was his first American movie. Because I felt like there was something, there was something weird. Made in Germany, though. The Mostly film was made in, right. so in Germany. I, I think that was, for me, what I, something felt off, and I couldn't place it, and I feel like I wonder if it was just a cultural, like a translation issue or something that wasn't quite, it didn't feel... Um, Right, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to pass yeah. it off. No, no, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I don't think. I mean, yeah. Looking back at this, I don't think it's that great of a movie. To be perfectly honest, thinking it's, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. It's the kind of movie where I try to watching it. I tried to put myself back in the eight, nine year old me, which is when I saw it. I saw it on HBO dozens of times. I'm sure when I was a kid, I loved it enough so that I had the book and I read the book multiple times. I sent you guys a picture. I meant to bring the book with me. I didn't. The book is like falling apart. I don't know how many times I read the never ending story. And I remember always being upset that the, that the movie was only half of the actual book. Yeah. And yep. I don't, I never saw the sequels cause I was never interested, but the sequels apparently didn't really get that second half of the book. In fact, um, I think the director apparently Disliked how much the book deviated, the movie right. deviated from the book. He You're talking about tried, the author, the yeah, author yeah, Michael right, Landon, right, right. Sorry, the yeah, he actually tried suing the movie into oblivion and lost. And oh, I, and mm. I believe this. I mean, because I've seen the second movie so much, uh, all the characters are different actors. Like it's, it's, yeah. it, everything's like different. I, I think they they took portions of the end of the book and included them in the second movie, but it is a totally new story. And the mm-hmm. third, they made a never ending story three, which stars Jack Black, which is like. It's oh. one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, no. It's like, it's really funny because it's like at the early point in Jack Black's career when he has not become famous yet and he's just slumming it in like the worst role ever. Oh, so it's, it's pretty funny. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't think this movie was, was honestly that great. I think it's an okay uh, movie overall. I think it probably, if you're a kid, I think it's probably going to be, um, you're probably going to really like this movie, I think, if you're a kid. I think, but but I think um, a kid who has seen a lot of movies that uh, have special effects that are yeah, I think the kids level nowadays the, wouldn't yeah. the level they are now. I think that um, it's n- it's not going to be it's not going to be as believable, and maybe it'll be more difficult for kids to um, buy into this this kind of movie. It's um, a slower movie movie than slower moving movie than most kids films these days. I feel like the pacing, you know, was, as an adult, I was kind of just like, Ooh, and I like slow movies, and I was having a rough time. Well, I would disagree there. I don't think it was that slow moving. I think it was it, it, the interesting. The one thing I was actually going to say was how I, I felt like the pacing actually felt quicker to me than when I was a kid. There was there's this hmm. there's there's a lot of things this movie does actually pretty well, which I think we can talk about. Um, 
And there was there's this one part in the movie that always stuck out, and I think you probably know what I'm talking about. It's the horse in the swamp. Yeah, yeah. it's funny uh, that you mentioned that because I I had never seen the movie all the way through, but I remember seeing that scene. I remember mm-hmm. it terrifying me yes. as a kid. Yeah, me yes. Something about a horse dying of sadness and then sinking into a swamp, drowning. Yes, in yes. The, yeah. it's, 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 it's terrifying. That scene is very it's very well done. They got the uh, the the actor Noah Hathaway who plays uh, Atreyu, who is this character that uh, Bastion is reading about on the on this magical quest to to stop the nothing um, from destroying Fantasia uh, you know that, that that actor is pretty good and he sells that moment but when I was watching it this time I thought I can't believe this is already happening I can't I can't believe we're at the like, what, isn't there supposed to be a whole bunch of stuff between <laughs> this him the end of the movie for the journey and then the, losing his horse is I hadn't seen it in this movie in maybe twenty years. So. It's okay, so I, I'm going to agree with you guys, and we may make a, we're going to piss off a this lot of nostalgic of people yeah. because <laughs> I had trouble with everything in this movie. Like, yeah. um, it's only not it's like 96 minutes, and I I thought it took an eternity to get through. Like, I it was, was like, the never ending story. It was the in never all of the word, yeah. <laughs> but like. And I also feel like if you were to show this movie to a kid today, they would not be interested at all. Like, because effects have gotten to the point where everything in this, at the time I understand, like, was probably really cool. But now it's just like, why is he sitting in front of a blue screen and a giant puppet? Because, like, it's <laughs> it's hard to kind of really pare down, like, I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel like this movie, I don't know, I don't think this movie holds up. Uh Personally, I mean, but I don't have that nostalgic. I really wish we had someone on this podcast that really like loved this movie. Well, I mean, you know I was I, that person. I was the person yeah. that probably the loved it, loved it, and the closest to it. I think I was a person who loved the movie when I was a kid. Uh, I don't think I've seen it since I was you know, a but, teenager. Like, well, okay, 13, this 14. is an interesting question. Why do you think this movie appealed to you as a kid? Like, what about it? Oh like, well, I mean, it's uh, it's got every. I mean, I mean, if you try trying putting yourself in the place of this uh, this character, I mean it. Uh, well, first of all, we can say that the guy who plays uh, Bastion isn't very good in the role. The guy who plays Atreyu, however, is. is. I but think the they're both sp- okay. I think that I think that everyone in this movie overacts. Everyone, well, and I think that I think that that may be in a directorial decision. Like even the adults in this movie, I feel like overact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like the kid may have been. I think he overdoes it, but mm-hmm. at, at times, I, I mean, I was believable. It, it was okay. Yeah. Atreo, I think, is a superior actor. I agree, right. but... I think so, he had a good countenance to him. I think he had a, a good or, like, uh, air about him. When you first meet him, at least, then I think he starts yelling every single line. I'm like, all right, kid, relax. Like, well, I think, you know? I think the appealing thing in this movie is the same thing that would, say, appeal to a kid who liked Star Wars. I mean, he, it's, a, it's, a, it's a character on a quest, and it's a character reading about a character on a quest. I mean, it's pretty easy to... Uh, put yourself in, 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 if you're a young boy, I think it's pretty easy to put yourself in this uh, character's shoes. Um, there's, you know, when you're when I was a kid in the 80s and there's, uh, the, you know, a movie with this kind of special effects, I mean, it was, you know, I didn't get to see this kind of thing a lot. There wasn't a lot of this kind of stuff available. So, well, I mean, the 80s I mean, had that influx of, um, it had an influx of fantasy movies like Willow was 80s, right? Yeah, uh, Princess Bride, Dark mm-hmm. Crystal, Labyrinth, um, Labyrinth yeah. Legend. Like mm-hmm. the Legend, 80s yeah. was like the king of we're going to use puppets and make mm-hmm. these like magical worlds for kids. Right. It was like an influx of that. And I mean, how do you think Neverending Story holds up in in terms of those other movies? Oh well, I mean, clearly a movie like The Princess Bride is a lot better. I mean, it, it, it comes down to, as we all know, it comes down to the script and the and the acting and and. Uh, the direction and, and and the Princess Bride holds up now because it had a great script and, exactly. you know, and had, and had yep. really good uh, actors. We know a lot of great well, comic timing. Got great dialogue, great acting, and great it didn't. Plot, yeah. It wasn't so dependent on the special effects, which which uh, which the Neverending Story definitely 
is dependent on the special effects. Because I feel like in the movie, and then obviously we're skipping around plot-wise, I want to get back to kind of just actually nailing down like what the overall arching plot and detail is, but... Like, I think that certain moments in this movie are only reserved for the spectacle, and now the fact that that spectacle isn't that impressive, it doesn't really hold yeah. up. Yeah. Like, Bastion riding Falcor, I'm, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. was supposed to be like, isn't this awesome that he's riding this? <laughs> yeah. And it just looks cheesy now. <laughs> it's right. so weird. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's, <laughs> he looks like he's riding a bath mat. Mm-hmm. That's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, Filthy it's, bath mat. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of really hard to, uh, to I, kind of pin down. But I guess my issue with the story of this movie, if I, I mean, just to go down with my, it feels like a giant fetch quest in a video game like everything he does is like well you need to go here now that you've done this and then you need to go here but like it never feels like the plot develops in a way that like um, there's climaxes or whatever. I, I feel like he just moves to one point and then yeah, he moves to another. Yeah, we don't know why, why does he have to go to this oracle? Why can't like, like I, I felt? Why like is he, he the one? Yeah, why does he have to go to this oracle? Nothing's explained. There's yeah. no mythology. It's just That's this issue, like yeah. he just he rolls in. He's like, "Oh, you got to do this." All right. Well, why? Who cares? Let's keep going. Like, why a kid? Whatever. <laughs> whatever. He's just really good. Don't there's question no it. Gandalf. Right? There's you no question. Gandalf. There's no Obi Wan Kenobi. There's no. There's yeah. No there's no just one. like there's there's just no there's no structure. There's no rules. There's no like myth or anything. And I just. We take everyone's word for like, okay, he has to do this. Why? Who knows? Like, it's mm-hmm. that's just how it is. Don't, don't, you know. Right. Um, and, yeah, and conceptually, I think I think there are interesting ideas in it. Like the idea of the villain being nothing is interesting to me. Like, yeah. it's not a it's not a creature. It's not mm-hmm. some bad guy. It's something that's consuming. It's can taking substance and replacing it with nothing, which yeah, is interesting. I, I think you you wonder what what is the story really about? I think the kind of what I understood the story to be. Um, was this kid uh, dealing with depression in the wake of his mother's right. passing? Right? And then so, the nothingness is depression. Depression, apathy. growing up, coming of age, yeah. gaining confidence, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like the, yeah, the nothing is like it's almost like what would detract from him as a character, like him kind of becoming less of a, a, a less of a person, becoming more withdrawn. And I feel like this quest is like really him undergoing uh, his self actualization, him becoming more into his own. And, and that kind of, I feel like that's kind of like a parallel of the story of the other kid that's kind of going through. Uh, Treyu is kind of going through the same journey in a sense. Um, so I feel like that's the story. The kid's reading this book and he's kind of understanding like, you know, who he is and how to deal with the passing of his mother. But it's just like not really there. I think that's what they were going for. Um, so the idea of the nothing is like, yeah, it's like him, his life just kind of seeping away from him. But Right. I guess the book is like a, like a therapist in a way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but the therapist isn't really uh, good at explaining why, and also <laughs> why does, he's doing the things he's right. doing. And again, I hate skipping ahead, but why, I mean, does he, does Bastion change at the end of this movie where he 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 becomes a better person because the end of the movie like, yeah. it, it's interesting that you said you said it's the first half of the book mm-hmm. it totally feels like that because it ends and it's like wait a minute he's we, in the he's in the world now like I don't I have no, I didn't understand the ending we don't at all. we don't see how it changes him in his current circumstance in his real world we don't see the relationship with his father you know as right. far as which I know, happens actually, in the book which happens in the book right. in the book you do see what happens with his father. You do see how he changes when he gets to this other world. I don't remember specifically how. I just know that he... That, because that, if, not, if he anything, does. actually, I'd even say that it has a sad... It almost seems like he becomes more and more withdrawn. He like goes he just he, further into this book, and he's just like self, like denial, you know? It's like the Wizard of Oz if Dorothy never woke up at the end. It, <laughs> right. it, or, and she realized that, you know, and you were in the dream, and all. Like It's like, no, no, he just stayed in he Oz. He just stayed there. Because think mm-hmm. about it, he skips class... He runs away from his father. He locks himself in an attic. And what happens? It disappears. No one knows. He shows up on a dragon and chases some bullies around. But that's about it. Like Right. Well, I mean, I think when you say that, that there's probably part of the appeal. And I think it's uh, the appealing to the put-upon 
feeling that, that you know, a lot of people are, are prone to have. It. You know, you, you're bullied. I mean, it's hard not to identify with a kid who's bullied. Yeah. And then he gets his little revenge with the dragon at the end. And that's probably part of the appealing thing for kids in the movie. I mean... Um, but did that really happen? Like, yeah, how is yes, Falcor in the real I don't world? Know. And, and, and it would have been interesting to see how the world reacts to like suddenly a magical dragon appearing in the middle of let's <laughs> yeah, say, New York City. <laughs> yeah, I love how he goes to. He's like going to school in like by himself. He walks as like an eight year old through the streets of New York City to school, which I find I thought was pretty funny. Yeah, uh, which I, I mean that's not too. bad. I feel like that could be a story. Like you know, that's like his father kind of just that neglectful. He's just like here you go, off you go, deal with reality. Like that didn't that part didn't bother me. Just every everything else. Like, mm-hmm. I thought the first five, ten minutes I almost liked because it was, it was seeing him in his world and seeing what he's going yeah. through. And no, I agree. As, as soon as it cut to Fantasia, I'm like, I'm out, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peace. Yeah, well, it had a very kind of grounded quality at the beginning. I mean, the relationship with his father was kind of nicely drawn out at the beginning. Joel mm-hmm. McCraney from... Uh, I actually liked that scene a <laughs> yeah, lot. Too. Yeah, um, yeah, it was good. My, my main issue with that scene is what the father eats for breakfast. Drinking eggs? Where he just takes <laughs> I didn't eggs. notice that. He literally... <laughs> like Rocky. <laughs> no, I believe he combines eggs and orange juice oh, in a God. blender. And, yeah. he's, and he sips yeah. it like it's normal. I know. I was looking at that. I'm like, is that... I'm so glad you said that. I'm like, is he drinking raw eggs? No, <laughs> I have to admit that when I was in college, I did... I, not because of the never-ending story, but I... Because I, of Rocky? I, no, not because of Rocky. Maybe because of Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because of Rocky, I I would make up smoothies with raw eggs. Yeah, that happened all the time. And then someone invented salmonella, and now we can't do that anymore. <laughs> yes, okay, yes, so thank you. Yes, but this was thirty years ago. But <laughs> I, I actually I like that scene because he was the father wasn't a total jerk. Yeah, I thought that was right. the best scene he in the was, freaking movie. He was, yeah. I mean, he was obviously not he was not you know sympathetic to his son's feelings, but he wasn't like completely neglectful yeah, he, he was, was he was, a, he was, he, he was trying to communicate with him there was some kind of thing there so I thought that was an interesting relationship I thought the fact that you know the classic idea of a you know a skinny kid who likes reading and is kind of like the nerd gets bullied I think that's interesting I just feel I wish the quest Atreyu went on had more of a structure and I think Mike said it best a mythology mm-hmm, that right. I actually understood the point of things because I'll believe anything in a movie as long as I understand like the point behind it why I, they're I, doing it it's hard to understand and why yes. he chooses, yeah. chooses to do it. And that's it. the thing. I, I think knowing it's because the vaguely book says what, so. Right. Yeah, knowing vaguely what the movie was about previously, I expected it to be, I thought it was actually the same, in my memory, it was the same kid in the book and in real life. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was going to start reading the book and all of a sudden the, the character was going to parallel his own life. So he would you know, face against a bully and the guy would face up against a monster. Or right. he would have to go through this, like, and you'd see this parallel and it's like him becoming this like mythological uh, person in another book. And I'm like, no, he's just sitting in an attic. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it does eventually get that kind of meta quality to it, right? I mean, at the end, he discovers that... The, you know, in the book he's reading becomes the because I'm struggling to find the words, but it, he, he starts to see um, he's writing the book he's currently reading, right? Exactly, or something he's he, creating. He starts like, to see paintings on the wall, oh. like everything's already been written. Hence, I guess the title. I of think that story. Yeah, like I think that concept. Also, as a kid, I can see that mm-hmm. concept being really interesting, like mm-hmm. the idea of infinity. Mm-hmm. Like I am the one that is responsible for this. And also, if you look at the. Uh, the symbol Arn. Oh yeah, it's yeah. the it's, it's the snakes. Ouroboros. It's yeah. the it's a, it's a snake eating itself. Which the yeah. idea that the end is the beginning, Infinity, the beginning yeah. is the end. Right. I think that's really right. There's some like I said, there are some good things in this that that are kind of clever. I I, I just wish that the like. I think someone was struck with brilliant moments of um, inspiration and they just didn't know what to do with it. And like you have these bright spots and these things, and it's just yeah. 
Yeah, it just didn't... Uh, uh, speaking of the Arun, I just had to point this out. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> Reading this in Wikipedia. In the novel, the Arun is always spelled in capital letters and referred to by... And this is interesting. They were called Fantasticans. Fantasia. I don't know why we should... Uh, I'm curious why they changed the name to Fantasia, not Fantastica, but whatever. Um, mm-hmm. and anyway, the Arun is referred to as the gem and the glory, which in German... Uh, translates to, no translates to der glands that's you that's me <laughs> okay i think we can stop recording now that's all. We're done, guys. i think we're done yeah that's that's a wrap i think we never have to record everyone again series. Yeah, this is it yeah my, my grandfather was polish and, and polish german translation of my last name is uh it's glory. light it's lighter it's light glory i've seen a different kind of thing okay so well, Mirandi means to admire so sorry bro this is, uh, <laughs> this is probably uh, a dumb question but if the movie was made in germany and wolfgang peterson is a german director based on a german novel mm-hmm. why is it in english i have well, money. Money. <laughs> so, but all the actors are, they didn't like dub the actors. Like they, it was all English. No, they looked all like it was all English to me. So it was just so they could release it for U.S. audiences. I would guess so. It would probably a better market in America for, uh, I, I, that's what I imagine. They're taking advantage of, uh, this is actually, what, I think I read a fact, this is the most expensive movie at the time that was made outside of America, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, you know, it, I can see how a, how a, animatronic dragon and all the creatures and puppets in this movie would have cost uh, cost a lot and everything was they were, you know there were a lot of sets there were a lot of interesting for the most part interesting creatures creature design there was the I thought the turtle was kind of an interesting cross between E.T. and, yeah, and yeah. a giant or that yeah. turtle we, meets E.T. or talk something talk about like the set design and some of the character design you mentioned you like, liked it but yeah so the, okay I, I really liked the oh, when they are in the uh, ivory, ivory tower, tower ivory yeah. tower yeah and there's all these like really weird looking. I thought that was really creative. You had some people, like, some guys who had these giant heads that yeah. were very detailed, and like <laughs> some some species had like two two faces melded together. Some of them had four faces. Like yeah. some of the, the design in that, I thought was really kind of cool. And I thought mm-hmm. like all the sets, I was in love with the You're attic. Like, Why isn't the giant head guy going on? His yeah, I, I can't see any physical. Um, <laughs> restraint for him to kind of go on this this uh, cross-country trek. Yeah. But I think, like... A little top-heavy, maybe. <laughs> but the brain. Think about the strategy. <laughs> the uh, like the, the set of the, the attic, I thought, was great. I thought, like, so much of the, yeah. the, the landscapes, he kind of... At one point, he's walking across, like, I think, a beach with giant crystals and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a... Um, uh, the ruins he's in at the very end when he sees all the murals of himself. I thought mm-hmm. that looked really nice. Like, yeah, there was... I mean, there was a lot of cool, like... I, visual moments in the movie uh, there's a lot of I mean oh the sphinxes that was awesome I thought mm-hmm. that was really good isolated yeah. scenes in this movie I think are really well done I think that the scene with Rockbiter at the end when he's like look at these big strong hands right. and how they have no power against mm-hmm. the idea yeah, of the yeah. nothing I, I mean that's like that's depression in a nutshell you can yeah. be the biggest strongest person in the world but that's mm-hmm. not going to stop this feeling of nothingness so I just, there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. It's just I don't feel like the movie has a plot structure to really That's, carry yeah, it all I, through. I, yeah. I feel yeah. like, you know, it's, we should probably just talk about kids' movies in general and, and, and how, you know, some kids' movies uh, work really well for adults. Um, you, you you watch them again as an adult and you're like, wow, this really holds up pretty well. Yeah. You know, in some movies I think uh, not so much. I think well, this is well, one Give of me an example of one you think holds up. Well, I think one that holds up for me is uh, something like 
Babe. Have you ever seen Babe? A uh, long time. You know, the pig movie? The pig movie, yes. <laughs> a long time. Remove Nominated. that indignation from your voice, Ken. I'm oh, sorry, you. I can't. I, we well, can only you know, watch my the kid movies I suggest. <laughs> okay, well, you know, Babe should be maybe on the uh, on the table here for uh, a possible uh, review so because pig- it was nominated for five Oscars, including Best Picture. I'm not sure about five, but I know Best Picture was in, and Best Director. Uh, came out at the same time as another Talking Pig movie, and this was clearly the better Talking Pig Wait, what movie. was the other Talking Pig movie? I think it was like a Gord, Gordy, or and I, don't, I don't really remember. It's not, not, not. What is the deal with it? Was the it was, <laughs> Gordy it, was the Dante's right. Peak to right. the other one's volcano? <laughs> yes, right. There was, there was, and then there was you know two asteroid movies, and and uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know why there were two Talking Pig movies at the same time. But that's a movie I think holds up well as a kids movie. It's clever. Uh, James Cromwell is great. The voice work is great. Uh, it looks fantastic, and um, the special effects still hold up. And they're, they're very, uh, for the most part, subtle special effects. And um, yeah, so Babe is a movie. And, and I was thinking about this, and just going. I think I went to Rotten Tomatoes and just looked up a bunch of kids' movies. And most of the kids' movies uh, that hold up, I think, are animated. And to be perfectly frank, I think kids' movies are a genre kind of like horror movies, where there aren't really a lot of great examples. Uh, you know, it's. That there just aren't a lot of movies that are going to be kids' movies that hold Probably up well for adults. What about the like okay? What about discerning. like a movie like The Goonies? Is right. that uh, one that holds? I haven't nope. seen that in a while. So nope. I uh, saw it as an adult, and I was like, "What?" Is this? I haven't seen it in a long time, so I don't know if it does. But I remember loving. But I know, I know, everyone right. who has seen it as a kid loves that movie, right. even as an adult. Even having seen it as an adult, because I haven't seen it as a kid, I was like, "I'm not impressed." Okay, a movie for me, like when I'm thinking about like kids that I used to watch all the time. Uh, Sandlot is like yes. the number yes. one movie for me. Yeah, and I wonder. I haven't seen that in about 10 years does that movie hold up I'm, I'm curious but I mean have you seen the well, Sandlot I was, I was older than you when I saw it so I, I don't remember it that well I don't think I, I don't remember if I've actually seen it you were 67 when you saw the Ooh, Sandlot yeah so that, could be, that yes. could be the next uh, the Sandlot the Sandlot potentially oh, wait, maybe we'll wait for summer when baseball season comes back so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but a that's, a, that's a good one but Field like dreams maybe I love Field of Dreams. It's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, no, that who started on Field of Dreams. Yeah, <laughs> I, I get, I get weepy uh, thinking about that. Movie. Uh, <laughs> Wait, stop recording. Come on. Come on. Wait, uh, lose it here. But like, it's just uh, okay. So let me try to like compact this because now that we're discussing it, I'm starting to see that a lot of the stuff in it has more meaning. The idea that. Bastard trying to get over the uh, death of his mother, uh, which can be parallel to depression with the nothing. The fact that he needs to give the whole mission is to give her a name, the yeah, Empress well, a name. Like, but is on. it is that? But if you if you think about it, that does kind of make sense because he needs to put a name to his grief. He has to come to terms with the fact that he's grieving over his mother. But, but, is that, but she doesn't symbolize his his grief. He, she symbolizes if he had a name, the nothing that would make more sense. Like that's what I'm saying. That the analogies are not. They're okay, not the same. Why does like, he name just, her Moonchild? That's her mom's his mom's name, I guess. His mom's name is Moonchild. Yes, I think so. That's, that's what is she a hippie? I don't <laughs> understand. Well, there's Moon, this was Moon back Zappa. in the. <laughs> Wait, but is that seriously his mom's name is Moonchild? Uh, that's what I'm led to believe. As far as I think the book, that's what it is. So they don't tell you that in the movie, so I don't. Uh, yeah, well, he does you can barely scream, even hear what he says. He does scream movie. out Moonchild, and I can tell you this because I was watching it with subtitles, with subtitles <laughs> very low. <laughs> Do not wake the baby. It's impossible <laughs> to tell what he said. I remember as a kid always wondering what. The heck this kid said and it may be the yeah. most important thing <laughs> the, yeah I mean, like, it's, I mean, but, but like yeah why does he have to like it, like that that doesn't make sense to me he hasn't he's not naming his mother it almost seems like what if she was em- supposed to represent his mother he has to learn how to like say farewell or something like that that what is the empress re- what does the empress represent who knows i don't I know i have no idea <laughs> what does a lot of the stuff represent I what does like, the giant turtle represent if, okay if, if anything i would say the empress almost represents hope for the future hope and the for turtle, like, imagination turtle is i don't know who, a jerk no the turtle represents um, depression um well the idea that nothing nothing matters 
matters. What right, is apathy? Is he apathy, represents yeah. apathy, which is, I mean, if you he, think about it that way, maybe all the trials that Atreyu meets along the way are steps for Bastion to overcome depression. The idea is right. that he has to battle apathy, that things do matter. It's mm-hmm. not, there isn't, you have to get over sa- sadness. The, the horse swamp that, of sadness. The swamp of mm-hmm. sadness. You have yeah. to move through sadness. Right, you have to right. move through, So basically, you could argue that the movie is a journey through grief which would be then sure. and then what I, I feel like an answer you could have had this kid over you know at over the course of the movie at some point he he maybe the last scene it's the kid from who's reading the book he's in the world so you kind of get the idea that oh it was him going through the journey the entire time instead of this separate entity that comes into the book at the 11th hour like no one would just say like hey what's this guy what he was here the whole time what, why wasn't he like like you know yeah well so i mean i guess we can we can uh, see the answer to this question i mean i mean the answer to your uh, depression is revenge against your enemies and <laughs> you're right it's taking out or it's, it's, it's keeping the cycle of hatred going really is what or the argument is that the book is better than the movie like the book just maybe ties this all up like did, those, you, takes those themes and actually makes it coherent because right. I don't feel like the movie gets that right well, from what I understand Dave correct me like it, it seemed like you know this kid then kind of you know makes a transition into this new world uh-huh. uh, what's his name Abashan now is in the book and he kind of mm-hmm. has his own journey from that point forward mm-hmm. and he kind of has all these different trials and tribulations. He, he becomes like a bad guy for a while or something like that I don't yeah, remember, do you remember? I mean, he, no no I don't remember okay. I do remember no, he, he changes okay. and has to find himself again and then he gets back and he, and he reconciles with his father in Never Ending Story 2 okay. Bastion becomes a bad guy oh, so he, they did take that element okay. he, um, he starts basically unknowingly he starts using the, the, the villain in that movie starts using Bastion to end up hurting Fantasia without him knowing it and then he starts becoming mm. evil and wishing and all these kind of things and then at the end he has to realize that he's the one that's causing the problem so they did steal that maybe from the, yeah, the book it's itself. It's something like he every time he uses he makes a wish he has to give up a memory exactly. or something like that which is that's a good idea like I, I like that I, you know what's funny the, becomes, the never ending you know, story too is, is, is universally like hated it's one of the like people say it's one of the worst movies ever made I'd argue mm. it's better I think huh. it's better I think it actually wow. has more of a plot like like things I don't think it's a great movie I just think that structurally they're it's trying to, they're than... trying to say something like yeah. it actually makes sense because in the in Neverending Story 2 Bastion's afraid of heights and he you know is doing bad in his swim team and he's distanced from his father and he has to go to Fantasia but then he comes back at the end and he solves the problems that he was having by going excuse me by going to Fantasia I, I sorry I hit my sneeze guard uh, by going to Fantasia <laughs> no one's gonna know what a sneeze guard is or a pop it's filter a giant it's, a, it's a pop a pop filter so it's a person that's standing in the room to wipe out his nose anytime he sneezes yeah, so what, we pay them that's basically what it is uh, so I mean that's one thing I I, uh, I think would make the movie that re- why that movie I think is better that could also be the nostalgia talking again, yeah. again. Yeah, it could totally be nostalgia. Okay, so he's another. Th- okay, sorry, I'm just like on, on a roll here. Like, okay, so the <laughs> the scene where Trey is looking in the mirror, he's going through the trials where he has to like dive through the sphinxes. That was cool. I like that. That was, mm-hmm. cool that was one of the few things that they did, they did right because right, you get he's a cool guy running away from explosions and that. Scene, yeah, yeah, right? and, was, and the sphinxes <laughs> were terrifying. They're like yeah. creepy and cool, right? So two things. First of all, what was the deal with the mirror? What was that supposed to be? That wasn't a trial. He just walked through a mirror and saw some kid on the other side. But he saw right? Bastion. He's faced with himself. I mean, that's part of the... But, uh, he's faced with himself and himself is Bastion, correct? Right. But was that a trial? He just said like, okay, uh, some kid reading a book. On I go. Well, it's really supposed to be... It's not Atreyu so much facing himself as Bastion facing himself, which I, I think is what they were trying to say, but... Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. I, I agree. Guess that's, it's you know. not really a trial, per se. Um, and then also, why were the... Why was the Oracle the same as the Sphinxes? Like, they I just run out of funds and they had to reuse a prop? Like, one, of them had, one of them had laser eyes and the, the other ones... One I, of them talked. I loved, actually, the scene of them, like, crumbling. The faces were kind of coming apart. Yeah. I remember that as a kid 
and that right. like was like creepy. That was one of the scenes I was looking forward to seeing again because I right. knew like oh that was that cool scene with the sphinxes. Yeah, where, I mean there's there yeah. are some really good things in this movie. Some like and some lines of dialogue that that you remember like um, like these are big strong hands and like you know I couldn't hold on to them and that kind of stuff and. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, there's some... Th- I mean, we, maybe we can talk about some things in this movie that do kind of work, because we've well, kind of been... Well, real quick, one more question, and then we can move to that. What okay. exactly does the Arn do? What Thank is, you. Uh, like, does the Arn do? It was supposed to protect him uh, from I think, certain I things. I think it was I a protection think. against this uh, wolf, the, against the villain of the movie, who is... Um, who does a, does a villainous nothing. monologue for five minutes, and At then the immediately dies. Dumps a whole <laughs> bunch yes. of uh, exposition, right. and then promptly... Uh, Gmork, Gmork, the name of the wolf... Who has the same is the same voice? The actor is the same voice as Falcor. I think maybe the um, the rock creature. Um, yeah. So I, there's a scary wolf character, and why I think, we, I think that the Arn the Arn protects him against uh, the wolf guy. I would say. I mean, I, I, I don't know what else. I mean, there, there's probably um, more stuff in the book that the Arn does that we don't know about. I would assume. I think he, in the, <laughs> it doesn't the matter because I'm on. He, he uses it to make the wishes, I guess. Well, like, never so. in the story two, he uses Arn, Arn, excuse me, to make wishes. So, so that's cool. what he uses. And it I'm for. not, a, I'm not the kind of person that says if it's in the book, it has to be in the movie. I think you know it has to work for the movie. It doesn't mm. matter if the book did it better or explained it better. And it, it, you know, if you don't, if the Arn doesn't do anything, then it shouldn't be in the movie. But I feel like the Arn is there. Probably to do something. It's just not very clear. It looks kind of cool. It's two snakes eating each other. The design of it is awesome. I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. very Celtic looking, and like <laughs> the you know. You know, like the, according to Wikipedia, the prop, the original Aaron prop, currently sits in Steven Spielberg's office. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what did he do in the movie? I, get, well, I don't I think mean, anything. He just really liked the movie and it wanted do, it for himself. It does look like the kind of movie that Spielberg might. have... I don't think he produced it, but I mean, it looks like the kind of movie that he might have been involved with in the early years. Like he, was, the he was so pissed. He right. wasn't a part of it. He was just like, oh god. Yeah. Well, I mean, it might have been a better movie. By the way, the Wikipedia article for this movie is hilarious. Like one of the paragraphs is just so poorly written. There's a paragraph about when he's in the swamp, like, and it's like he gets really sad and then sinks. His horse gets really sad and (laughs) sinks. Essentially, what happens? Like, like, why are you so sad? Atreyu continues through the swamp, and since he is sad from Artax dying, he is nearly sucked under in a swamp, but is rescued by a dragon named Morla, and is surprised when Morla reveres itself as a giant tortoise-like being. It's like. Everything in this movie feels like huh. this happened. Well, it is different and, than the movie. And this happened. <laughs> and then this happened. And yeah. it, it's just like... Yeah, well, I mean, maybe this it's is... It's like a kid telling a story. Mm-hmm. And they're like... But it doesn't have like a conclusion or a beginning. It's just right. like... And then there were and dinosaurs. And I did this. And then I went <laughs> out and there's a turtle and he sneezed on me. Mm-hmm. And then I ran through the forest. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you know, the quick aside here. I just saw this movie. Unfortunately, you, you weren't able to see it this weekend because you were busy. Uh, the Lego movie. The Lego movie has that kind of feeling. It has the kind of feeling of... Uh, of, of a kid is just telling a story. He's like, oh, I'm going to throw Batman and Superman. I don't want to spoil it too much, but I mean, it's in the trailer. So, yeah. you know, I want to take all these all these properties that Lego has and I'm just going to put them all together just like you would if you were playing Legos. And I think uh, the Lego movie gets that, does that really well. So it was interesting to, to see the Lego movie after seeing the NeverEnding Story. See, well, this is a kid's movie that works for me and is clearly working for all these kids in, in the audience and looks like it's probably going to hold up in 20 years. I don't know. We'll <laughs> I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, yeah. but it's a really good movie. Um, and, you know, maybe the NeverEnding Story is, you know, maybe this kid, I don't know if you've ever known anybody who's read who reads a lot of fantasy novels. I, I was one of them. You were one of them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, which people, is why I'm so furious. They didn't do it right. Cause I'm like, come on, I should have loved this. <laughs> right. Like, come well, on. Which ones do it right, Mike? What's a good fantasy novel or fantasy movie for kids? I mean, I, 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 uh, 
the gold standard Lord of the Rings, obviously. Uh, you would well. say, yeah. Lord, but I mean, you didn't have that as a kid to watch the movies anyway. You had the books. I, I, I can't. I mean, I, I put me on the spot. I got to think of it. I mean, I, I just remember reading tons and tons of books. Because I remember everything. loving like, Willow as a kid. Mm-hmm. I loved Willow. And again, I, I, I didn't Willow see a lot too, of movies as a kid, so probably the same as the Willow never-ending story. hold up? Uh, <laughs> I would say it's probably going to be like the never-ending story where you... Really? I'm uh, just going to guess. Maybe in a couple months we'll do Willow, because I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember really enjoying that movie as a kid. Right. Yeah, me too. So. I mean, it has a lot of elements that are similar to Lord of the Rings, a little creature that uh, has a has a tall friend with a sword, and they go on a quest to do something. I mean, that's, that's pretty much every single, <laughs> every every single in, fantasy movie. Tall right. guy with a sword, they go on a quest. Well, my point in bringing up the fantasy thing was that, you know, if you if you people who tend to, my dad was one of those people who, this is the second time on the podcast I brought up my dad. Uh, hi, Dad. Um, who, What's up, Dad? <laughs> Papa Glans. Thanks for listening. Thank You're you. The only guy People that who read a lot of fantasy novels. I mean, it's. I, I feel like um, maybe it's possible that this kid is someone who reads a lot of fantasy novels, and the never-ending story is kind of like picking pieces of his favorite aspects of every fantasy novel, putting them into one kind of story in his head, and, and it doesn't necessarily make sense. The why doesn't matter so much when you're a kid. Is you know, you're just thinking about, oh, this is what happens next. This is what happens next in my life. You're not thinking. You're not really putting a lot of things into context when you're 10 years old. So yeah. I think that, uh, you know, this movie feels like it could be, uh, I'm just going to make a fantasy story up and this is what it's mm. going to be, you know? And I, so, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, so like, what do we, so we don't, you know, trounce this movie into oblivion, into nothing. <laughs> what do we, what do we like about it? Cause I, I think there are definitely some scenes that I think the nothing is actually kind of cool. I mean, I, th- I don't think it's actually nothing. It feels like something versus nothing, but I, I thought the visuals they used for it was just all those like really ominous swirling clouds. I think looked cool. I think there were some scenes where like when it's I, I guess it's just kind of moving across the countryside. The trees are getting ripped out. Like mm-hmm. a lot of things that were cool, especially considering like well, how did they do it? Like right, it's well, physically they, they done sets on the side so right, the kid yeah. can hang upside down. Looked like he's getting sucked away. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean there was you know everything was very old school. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm not a snob about special effects. I think CGI is fine when done well. I think these kind of special effects are fine when done well like say mm-hmm. in Empire Strikes Back and other movies um, but um, yeah I mean there's there are some good there are some good scenes where you know like they really kind of capture a scale of this world I think mm-hmm. you know I think also thematically I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on like you could there's a lot of I don't even know if this is the right word but I feel like there's a lot of existential ideas in it like yeah. the idea yeah. of what is nothing and what what gives us meaning and mm-hmm. what you know I think all that kind of stuff it's interesting. I, it goes back to Rockbiter's speech. I think mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. There's a lot of deep stuff in here. I just don't feel like they figured out a way to really, you know, pull it all together. But mm-hmm. I'm. I won't fault the movie for trying that, especially in a kids' movie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's good. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> what about you, Dave? What are your <laughs> oh, so what else? Uh, okay, so um, trying to remember more of this movie. <laughs> I liked. I like. I kind of liked Rockbot, right? I, I was. I don't know if I liked his giant steamroller bike, yeah, but I, I like. We just point out it's the second big. movie with the steamroller. No, no, third. Oh, sorry, we skipped. I'm sorry. Who ran Roger Rabbit? Scary steamroller. Steam yeah, yeah. And then we skipped one, and now we have another steamroller. Oh, I thought he was in a big wheel, like a kid would ride, like a big it wheel was, bike. It was. Yeah, it was, it was a big <laughs> wheel. Oh, it did seem like a steamroller, though. Yeah. 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 I like I like the character design of him. I thought you know the puppeteering wasn't so great. It wasn't synced up with his voice at all. But whatever. I think he looked yeah. cool. I like the fact that he ate giant. Oh, rocks. Falcor was like, uh, you know the, the sinking. The sinking there was not uh, on. on. <laughs> I'm sorry. He was like leering at the kid like suggestively. And then he and, winks. I was yeah, watching you uh, while you slept. Like I, I yeah, yeah, it's a little a little creepy there. Um, I, I like I like the gnome characters that he runs into before the Sphinx. I thought that was uh, it. Reminded me a little of. 
Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. Exactly. Got the same, Bride. Got the oh, same vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was. He has, uh, all, he has all the little machineries and Rube Goldberg yeah. devices. That's <laughs> I enjoyed that, yeah. There's, there's, there's stuff to like about this movie. I don't think this movie, like, if you, again, I don't think this movie holds up in the sense that if you were to show it to a kid nowadays, they'd be like, wow, this is, an, you know, an inspiring mm-hmm. tale of fantasy and whatnot. So that aspect of the movie, I just don't feel like quite gets there. I'm kind of curious to read the book. I, I might I like to too, try to yeah. do that. Let me borrow your beaten, torn up copy. Over. I'll tell you one thing I think the movie does do well, and that is, and I don't know if kids are experiencing this the same way anymore because of iPads and laptops and computers and everything, and I sound like an old fogey, which at the right at the age of 73, I, I have the right to sound like an old fogey. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, if you go, I mean, have you ever, when you were a kid, you grab a book or a bunch of books in the library or whatever, and you, like, you go up into the attic or you, you go into lost. the room and you get lost and you stay yeah. there all day or yeah. you curl up in bed with I had a lot I of think, experiences like that as a kid, and yeah. I don't know if kids well, are having that as much right. anymore. So. I think, you know, this kid in the attic with the blanket and the little snacks and everything, I think, you know, it gets that kind of feeling right, like the the, the appeal of curling up with a, a good book. That was yeah, what Goosebumps whole... did for me. As a child. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is maybe why I read this book so many times when I was a kid. So, I mean, yeah. And I think, like, you have the book, the guy in the bookstore um, kind of essentially saying that. Like, ah, you kids just like your video games. You don't like right. books, you know? So, like, and the grumpy old pre- store owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wise, but grumpy, you know? He's the only one that returns in the second movie as well. Oh, he the only back. actor mm. that does. You know, and does the kid actually return his book? I don't know if he does. See, this is what I'm saying. These are things that just, <laughs> so many loose ends. He writes this note saying, don't worry, I'll return your book. How do we know that? How do we know uh, he does? How do we know this kid is just not like a thief? I don't. And the books in the store are huge too. And yes. I just want to point that out. It's a very difficult store to steal a book from. I mean, yeah. you can't. I mean, he's got kind of baggy clothes, I guess. But did you notice how big the books were? They were big. They were big. prop books. They were straight out of Central <laughs> Casting. So, all huge right. dusty books. So, any, any final thoughts before we close out on the never-ending story? Uh, Sorry for thrusting a kids' movie on you guys, but I, was, no, I thought it'd be I interesting it good, to, to see if it kind of held up. I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed watching it. Like I said, it was cool to see something I had kind of seen a little bit in my youth. Um, I was really hoping I would have liked it a lot more than I did, unfortunately. But, yeah, well, um, and I just yeah. wanted to point out that both child actors never really went on to... I mean, it's a thing with child actors. Some of them go on to... You know, have a very successful adult career, and others not so much. I think and become uh, Corey Feldman. Barrett Oliver is the one who played Bastion, and, and he was. I remember he was in other movies. I remember enjoying as a as a kid, like Cocoon, the uh, the old mm. people going to space movie. I've never seen it. We, that may be a good podcast. Ron movie. Howard. I've never seen it. I'd Ron love Howard. to see it. Actually, um, it's, an, it's an okay movie. The girl who played the Empress, I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, I, she I liked was good. her. She was very measured and like right. like ethereal and wise. Although it was a little creepy to see you know, all the makeup and stuff on this like seven eight year old girl. Or well, I mean, you had to make her look somewhat wiser, empress like. But she's um, the childlike empress. So is she actually yeah. a, an old person looking like probably. a child? That's probably. even creepier. But probably, <laughs> she's probably <laughs> like the vampire in uh, the little girl vampire in interview with a vampire, where she's just like hundreds of years old. Or yeah, something. the Kirsten yeah. Dunst character. Yeah, yes, yes, Kirsten Dunst. Um, so Bear Oliver, I don't know what he's doing now, but he's. Definitely not acting. Anymore. We should call him up. We should get we should him, call on here. him up. He we was, should have gotten him I'm up. Sure he's looking forward. He was also yeah. in a movie called Daryl that I remember seeing shortly. I think it came out after this movie where he plays a robot kid. <laughs> Which yeah, it's definitely all right. That's next week. Next no, no, week's podcast. No, no, definitely Doing not Darryl. something we want to read. Dave seems very excited about it. <laughs> but I, these are movies I do remember seeing as a kid. Do you want to watch that and then The Wizard and then really make uh, this podcast? Oh my God. <laughs> no, no, no. We have to get back to good movies again. Um, <laughs> weren't one of these guys? I think it was uh, Treyu went on to that movie Troll. Was Troll the really bad? Or was that Troll Two? I'm Troll Two is the worst. Troll Two, right? Yeah, okay. Troll Two is completely different. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's a different podcast. That would be Ivan's old podcast. Um, 
Yeah, and and, and, that, and I think the guy who played Atreyu, I don't know Hathaway. I don't know that he really. I think I read him. Stan Hathaway's he, brother, right? He's uh, currently. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. According to IMDb, he's currently still working, but doing very minor things. Right. So, so. he's not, you know. I don't know, Joe. I mean, who who do we know that it's a child actor that besides Jodie Foster? Leo, that, Di- oh, Leonardo, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Perfect example. Yes. Is it a Jason? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Is another no, one. no, Jake the guy Gyllenhaal. from. Uh, but he really wasn't uh, the he, star of any movie. Christian Bale, Shia LaBeouf. Christian Bale, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Doing okay. great Christian things Bale in the world. Good, Christian Bale is a good example. Eighties child cool. actor who grew up and has a successful. Uh, Guy I mean, from uh, Rest Development is another one, right? Uh, Bateman, yeah. Bateman. Thank you, Jason Bateman, I, th- uh, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so he was a tele- mostly in, um, in, uh, on TV. But still. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, the only person from this movie that you would still see in movies today maybe would be Gerald McCraney. <laughs> Major was, Dad. Was, oh, Major Dad, Major yes. Dad, Simon and Simon, and now he actually uh, is in House of Cards on Netflix. Oh, really? And he, was in the, he was in the show Deadwood. There you uh, go. Amongst other... Uh, that was a dad in the kitchen scene? Pretty decent. I'm sorry? That was a guy, the, the dad, was, right? The dad in the kitchen scene, yes. Yep. Gerald Best acting scene. Best scene in the movie. Major dad. There you go. Boom. So uh, closing out, uh, what movie are we going to talk about next week, guys? Or um, ne- next podcast, excuse me. We had some options that we were... I think we're leaning towards doing a Clockwork Orange. I'll, I'd like to see it. Always, I will let people know via Facebook. We're going to go from not, the most kiddie of kid movies to the most adult of adult movies. That's the beauty of watching mm-hmm. old movies. They can be all of all kinds. <laughs> so uh, that'll be a good one to watch. I, I mean, I've seen Clockwork Orange a couple of times, but it's been a while. So. Okay, I've never seen it of course. I actually wrote a book report on it in high school so can you bring that book report with <laughs> I you I don't can you know read that I have that anymore can we just read the book report let's read the book report that no. can be like you <laughs> can read it dramatically too we, so, can, we can hire a guy that might be the plan uh, for what we're doing <laughs> <laughs> sorry um, so yeah if you want to reach us on the web we are at reviewedpodcast.com we're also at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast we also need to get an email address going I haven't done that yet so I'll try to figure that out too busy having a kid come on man, yeah, man. <laughs> so that may be the next uh, move, uh, move. Uh, Mike. Where can people find you on the internet? On Twitter, I'm at Mike Mirandi. Well, well, at Mike Mirandi, and then if you want my website's MikeMirandi.com. And I'm Dave Glanz. You can find me at uh, at Dave Glanz on Twitter and DaveGlanzProductions.com. That's G L E N Z. Not glands. Not glands. Do like not go there. No. Don't, don't go, go there. No. <laughs> That's no. a porn site. And uh, <laughs> I am Ivan Kander. You can find me. I work at LuckyNineStudios.com on Twitter at Ivan Kander. And my writing is on uh, shortoftheweek.com. So that's where I am at the internet. So I guess that's it, guys, right? <laughs> and a special uh, congratulations. Let me just ask you a quick question. Have you been peed on yet? Uh, not yet. I've been pooped on, though. So it's <laughs> same diff. Fantastic. Same diff. Uh, so until next time, I will be being peed and pooped on. So <laughs> thanks, guys. Take care. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.